began, uh, we were talking about spiritual disciplines, rule of life, and at the same time, I'm reading books about discipleship, about spiritual practices, listening to podcasts and sermons, and it's all really resonating with me. This, I was like, yes, this is what, in a way, I was missing. It, it made sense because I sense that, you know, following Jesus was more than just having this kind of generic, lukewarm relationship with Jesus, but I sense it really was about a whole life commitment to following him, to being with him, to becoming like Jesus, to, to doing what he did and doing so in community. And so this transformed how I tried to follow Jesus, how I tried to live out my life. I remember diving into the practices. I remember fasting regularly. I had never fasted before, but that became a regular rhythm in my life. My faith journey just felt invigorated. I felt like I was growing spiritually in my, and growing in my identity in Christ. And there's a difficult season in my life a few years ago in which these practices, these rule of life, this, this, uh, these spiritual disciplines were so important. Because in my weakness, in feeling overwhelmed by the, the challenges, they helped me connect with God in a way that I needed. But eventually, this discipline I had, this energy I had, started to fade. And I kind of slid on these practices and started to feel guilty. I'm like, am I a good Christian because I'm not praying enough? I'm not spending enough sol time in solitude? And I was like, am I failing as a Christian? Maybe you guys have related to that sense, like I'm not being Christian enough. And so I felt like if only I did more disciplines, if only I got my rule of life back in order, I could be a good Christian again. And so as I reflect on that part of my Christian discipleship, I realized that my love for the discipleship and the spiritual disciplines were not bad in and of themselves, but I think they were built upon an incomplete theology. A theology that suggested that my discipleship was, was based on spiritual practices rather than the person that those practices pointed toward. A theology that fell in love with the, the rigor, the transformation of discipleship, but forgot about God's grace that made it possible. Because it wasn't the practices that saved me, it was, God's, uh, it was God who saved me. And so trying to remember this and, and live this out is where I am at now in my own spiritual journey. I remember uh, just a week, about a week ago, after taking a shower, I was trying to think of what I'm going to share, trying to think of something very creative and profound and original, but... It just wasn't happening. So I'm just like, okay, I'm just, I'm just going to pray. It's not happening. And as I'm praying, I'm, I sense like the sweetness of God's love, of God's peace. And in that moment, just realizing that as I'm trying to follow Jesus, it's not because I really want to do all these practices and prove to someone that I'm a good disciple, but it's because I'm compelled by the deep love of Jesus, compelled by his grace and humbled by it, just reminded how weak I am without Jesus. I still love robust theologies of discipleships that challenge us to give our whole allegiance. They're so important, especially in a time where it's so tempting to only give our partial allegiance. But if that's all we focus on discipleship, we miss out on something just essential, which I believe is the joy of discipleship. And joy, perhaps like many of you, you don't associate with discipleship. Normally I think of discipline and surrender and sacrifice, allegiance. These are words I normally associate with discipleship. These are all important aspects, but the paradox of discipleship is that when we embrace our whole life commitment to Jesus, I believe we will discover and taste the joy that God intends for us. I want to be careful here because I don't want to suggest that discipleship is some kind of transaction in which all we got to do, um, if we lack joy, we just got to become better disciples and we'll have joy. If we're not feeling joyful, we're bad disciples. It's not a formula. It's a relationship with the one who is the source of true joy. 
And because of that relationship, we can confidently say amen when, to Bonhoeffer's word when he says, discipleship means joy. Discipleship means joy because although Jesus died on the cross, he rose again. Discipleship means joy because we can trust that in our darkest moments, our darkest seasons, we know that God has not and will not forsake us. Discipleship means joy because we know that one day Jesus will return, wipe away every tear from our eyes, no more death, no more mourning, no more suffering, no more pain. The old has gone and the new has come. And so we follow Jesus in eager anticipation of that future reality, that future joy that has already been launched out into the world. And so what do I mean by anticipating this joy? Uh, A couple weeks ago, it was Easter, as you may remember, and at Green Lake, we did baptisms in all the services. And they were all beautiful in their own ways. And I remember at the 8 a.m. service, that baptism in particular. And so it was an eighth grade boy who got up on stage with his parents, who were just beaming, so proud of this moment. And his siblings are in the front row, and they're kind of recording, they're taking pictures. And so uh, Pastor Megan Dobrath, she she asked this boy a couple questions. First, have you accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior? And he says yes. And then she asked him, is your desire, your intention to follow him all the days of your life? And And he says yes. And so the worship team behind them starts playing a song, What a Beautiful Name. Megan leads the boy into the baptismal trough and and lowers him as he sits down. And then she lowers him into the water, lifts him up, and everyone's cheering. Everyone's celebrating. Everyone's rejoicing. And as I'm witnessing this, I remember feeling emotional, almost getting teary-eyed. And I'm witnessing the beauty and goodness, the, the joy of discipleship. A young Christian, a follower of Jesus, making this public, this embodied allegiance to Jesus, declaring to follow Jesus for his whole life, and in his baptism, symbolically carrying his cross, symbolically dying with Jesus and rising again to new life. And so as this community, we got to witness, we got to glimpse this good news. And so I'm sure this boy will, will continue to navigate the, the challenges of the discipleship, maybe at times even feel like it's a burden. But I also trust that by God's grace, he will not only have the strength to endure it, but the joy to sustain it. And so this is kind of what I mean when I say discipleship is about our anticipating, anticipating our future joy by experiencing it partially here as we disciple and follow Jesus together. And so as, as I conclude, like, this is the good news of discipleship to Jesus. Not that it's going to be easy, not that it's going to be pain-free, but because when we deny ourselves, when we follow Jesus, yes, it's going to be more demanding than we, can think, we think we can handle. By God's grace, it will be sweeter, lighter, more beautiful, more joyful than we can imagine. And so this is why Jesus can invite us to carry our cross while at the same time saying, come to me all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for my souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Friends, this is the Jesus we follow. A gracious Savior who asks us to give us his whole, our whole life, not to burden us, but to love us. To give us the life, the meaning, the joy that we long for. And so this is why I think the invitation to follow Jesus is truly good news. And today, all of you, as walking in, hopefully you got these red envelopes, and in those envelopes are uh, this, what's called, uh, invitation to wholeness. 
There's a response card inside that asks you to consider a question and the next step for you today. And so, yeah, you can open those if you want. <laughs> but this morning, as you're opening those, as you're reflecting on this invitation to wholeness, I'd encourage you to consider this question. Will I accept the invitation to discipleship and wholeness? And what does that mean for you? And so, uh, before we break out into our rooms or in our small groups, I'll just pray for us, and then we can, we can continue. God, you, God, thank you for the good news of discipleship, the good news of your invitation, God. We confess that at times it's mysterious, it's challenging, it can feel overwhelming, God, and, and thank you that in those questions, in that wrestling, it's you that we wrestle with. It's you who loves us. It's you who invites us. May we never lose sight of that. As we navigate the challenges of discipleship, may it continually point to you and who you are so that we can follow you freely, joyfully, graciously, God. May we go out as people who follow you, marked by joy, by grace, and by commitment. And so it's because we love you, it's because you love us that we seek to follow you. So it's in your name we pray. Amen.